0: Five o'clock here in Salford. How you doing? Welcome to Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. With me, your BBG. Nice to be with you. To be with you. Nice as usual. You can reach me through my website. The contact thing at the top of the page. RichieAllen.co.uk. Lovely.
1: It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show live from Salford in Greater Manchester. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk
0: and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Later on in the program, Gerald Salente, the publisher of the brilliant Trends Journal. Do check out TrendsJournal.com. Gerald will be with me live from Kingston, upstate New York. Terrific bloke what a guy do check out trends in the news as well on youtube oh so much to get into with the man himself bill de blasio as the mayor of new york city saying yesterday that the nyc pass would be needed to live a normal life in new york city meaning you'd have to be jabbed to be able to participate in bills society we will get into that with uh, gerald and much more and i was due to be speaking with my great friend Spiros Kouras. ...in this hour of the programme... ...but Spiro has had to cry off... ...late on in the day... ...no problem, we'll catch up with him... ...another time, top lad Spiro... ...sadly can't make it this afternoon... ...which has left me... ...well, with an hour to fill... (laughs) ...and I love it... ...I don't mind... ...I talk to myself, I'm one of those people... ...who walks around... ...Jasper Carrot, many years ago, did a wonderful sketch... ...on his BBC television programme... And the sketch was about him always being stuck with the nutter. If he got on a bus or a train, there'd be some bloke sitting by himself and talking, staring into the distance and talking away. That's me. I do that. I I talk so much. I talk for a living. I'm I'm often found wandering around my local parks, in strange at strange times of the day, just talking to myself. So I can talk to you. There is obviously plenty to discuss anyway. And you can join me through the whole message thing through the website, richieallen.co.uk. I've got a surprise, by the way, for tomorrow's programme. I don't think I'll tell you. I think I'll wait until I introduce the guest tomorrow at 5.30. Don't think I'll tell you. I'll keep you on tenterhooks. Wondering who it might be. But I do have a surprise guest for you tomorrow. That will have to wait then, won't it? Just as I was hitting the sting to launch the the the, 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 the theme tune for the programme, it occurred to me that I've been doing that pretty much every weekday outside of holidays for nearly seven years now on this programme. Because it'll be seven years old next month. And it just occurred to me as I did it, as I hit the sting. Uh, seven years, wow. There are, amongst you, there are people who know a little bit about technical things, who know a little bit about radio studios. And you might be wondering, why do you have to press anything, BBG? Why isn't it all scheduled? Well, of course I can do that. I can use my radio play-out system to to play the the jingles automatically, but I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to this. When it comes to this, I like to have to press the buttons on the screen. It's old school, really. I do it all myself. I don't know how radio presenters working in commercial radio today, I don't know how they can do it. Just sit there and touch nothing. And take their cues from the screen and speak. And then they've got to watch the little countdown as they run into the ad breaks and watch the countdowns for the stings. I don't understand it. I like to do it all myself. I fire my own jingles. That's what I blooming well do. Now, the biggest story today, we will talk about it now and again. I'm sure you will have an opinion on this. And that is that all 16 and 17-year-olds in the UK will be offered a first dose of a covid jab this has been confirmed this afternoon by so-called experts england wales and northern ireland has already have already confirmed They will expand their rollout. Scotland is expected to do so as well. In fact, that might have happened since I opened the programme. Now, advice on when to offer the 16 and 17-year-olds their second jab, that advice will come a little bit later on. That information is given by the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation. For the rest of this programme, we will call them the JCVI. The change in guidance, because this is a change, means that around 1.4 million teenagers will be eligible to be offered a job. Now, Professor Wee Shen Lim, who chairs the COVID part of the JCVI, he said the change in advice wasn't just for the benefits to wider society. Let me quote him before we hear him. Vaccination of children and young people, he said, can bring benefits to other people such as adults, parents and grandparents. But, he said, at the forefront is the health and the benefits to children and young people themselves. That's a direct quote. Keeps that in mind, what he said, about it not just being for the benefit of society and granny and grandad, but for the kids themselves. He is a lawyer, a pathological lawyer and a pseudoscientist. I will explain as we go along. Wee Shen Lim, the chair of the COVID part of the JCVI. Today, he sat at a press conference from Number 9 Downing Street. He was flanked by June Rain, who heads up the MHRA, the UK Medicines Regulator. Also there was Jonathan Van Tam, England's Deputy Chief Medical Officer. But we won't hear from them. I want you to hear from the JCVI chief and what he said. Let's listen to him now. We're going to hear a few minutes of this. This recorded shortly after 3.30pm UK time this afternoon.
2: Thank you. Last month, you may remember, JCVI provided initial advice regarding vaccination of children and young adults aged 12 to 17 years old. And today we are updating that advice. I'd like to start by mentioning an important point from the very outset. When considering vaccination programmes for children and young people, JCVI's main focus is the balance of potential benefits and harms for the individuals being vaccinated.
0: Important to remember that. He just repeated the quote I gave you. The main priority is that it benefits the recipient. He's lying.
2: Vaccination of children and young people can bring benefits to other people, such as adults, and including parents and grandparents. But at the forefront is the health and the benefits to children and young people themselves. When formulating this advice and our latest review, we took into consideration a range of other factors and the very latest information. I just want to run through some of the many different factors we considered.
0: Right. How did we arrive? Now, bear in mind now, The JCVI takes ownership of the decision on who gets the jabs and when. Okay, so he's going to lay out now how they arrived at their conclusion.
2: Or is he? The first is the frequency and severity of adverse reactions following vaccination. And Dr. Merrick, uh, uh, Dr. June Rain has commented on this already. There's also the impact of delivering COVID vaccines to children and young people on other school-based vaccination programs. These include meningitis, for instance, or the influenza uh, vaccinations. We looked at the frequency of severe COVID in children and young people in particular. Thankfully, it's extremely rare or very rare for bad outcomes to occur.
0: Extremely rare or very rare? Which is it? The answer actually is extremely rare. This isn't my opinion. It is a irrefutable fact I'll explain in a moment.
2: Uh, And that is good news for children as a whole.
0: Yes, it's good news. They don't get the bloody thing. And even if they do, they don't get ill from it.
2: The occurrence of uh, what is called long COVID or post-COVID syndrome was also a consideration you will know that some people with mild symptoms of COVID during the acute episode uh, do go on to develop symptoms that are longer term. But? Again, thankfully, this is only true for a very small proportion of children and young people.
0: Minuscule. So why then? Why start with the preamble that the jabs are not going to be given to children for the benefit of their elders and wider society, they're primarily going to be given to the kiddies for themselves when there is no benefit to themselves. King's College in London came out last night and some of its scientists were on television this morning to say that its exhaustive study into the effects of COVID on children has come back showing that children who become ill with coronavirus very rarely experience any long-term symptoms. Most children recover in less than a week, in a couple of days. There is no evidence of so-called long COVID, which I think is monumental bollocks anyway, but that's just me. King's College London scientists have told the BBC, while a very small group might experience prolonged illness, might now, they were reassured, the university was reassured, that the number was low. Yet this guy says... The primary decision to give the jabs to the 16 and 7 year olds is for their own protection. He's lying. They don't need to be protected from COVID. Their immune system would appear to be doing a fantastic job. You're listening to Wee Shen Lim, the, the top man in terms of COVID jabs at the JCVI. He goes on...
2: Perhaps more difficult to measure are the mental health and educational impacts of COVID. And we tried to take those into consideration as well. We looked at mathematical models of the impact of vaccination of children and young people on the wider population. And these would be the benefits that perhaps adults might gain in terms of infections or hospitalisations.
0: Now we're we're getting to it now. The benefits for adults in terms of who will end up in hospital and infections, transmissibility, and all of this.
2: And then lastly, we mustn't forget that the pandemic has disproportionately affected certain people. And so one consideration is always, what is the impact of vaccination on reducing health inequalities? A particular point to remember throughout all of these is that there's a very strong influence of age on the risks associated with covid We know this for adults. We know that older adults are at higher risk than younger
0: adults. This is astonishing now. He's going to make, he's going to draw a comparison between adults in their 30s getting COVID and adults in their 70s. And he's going to say there is a similar pattern amongst children, namely that 16, 17-year-old children might be more susceptible to serious COVID than children aged 12 13 or 14. This is horse shit what he's about to say now.
2: It is also true for children and young people and therefore a 16 year old child would be at higher risk than a 13 year old child for instance.
0: Nonsense. I want you to keep all of this in mind because I've trained you well I think and I'm not patronising you I'm not patronising you. I think if you were at the presser you would be asking for some evidence to support these outlandish claims. 16-year-old is more prone to serious effects from COVID than a 13-year-old. Professor Wee Shen Lim, could you show us some evidence? Now, keep this in mind.
2: That means in general terms, the benefits of vaccination are typically greater for older children compared to younger children.
0: Bullshit. He's saying that because it's it's of greater benefit to old-age pensioners than it is to people in their 30s. But, but equally, it's more beneficial to jab the 16 and 17-year-olds than it is to jab the 13-year-olds. This is quackery now.
2: And that point needs to be borne in mind.
0: We need to bear it in mind. I want you to bear it in mind, right? He says um, it's harder to measure the impact of COVID on education It isn't affecting the kids at all. Long COVID is not a problem. Kids don't get ill with COVID. So here's a ready-made excuse. Teachers are missing school with COVID. We need to lock down because it's affecting the kiddies' schooling. If we vax the kiddies, it'll help their elders avoid the COVID. This is bull spit. And then he said, there's a greater risk of 16 and 17-year-olds than there is for 13-year-olds. This is absolute quackery because there's no evidence to support any of it. It is dreadful. Do you want to hear a little bit more? Because it does get worse. Taking all of these factors into consideration... Factors which he's offered no evidence to back up, by the way.
2: There are four points of advice I want to highlight. The first is to reinforce that adults 18 years and above should be vaccinated. And we strongly advise that they are vaccinated.
0: Never miss an opportunity to tell adults they should go and do their duty and have their jobs. He's there to justify why they're extending the rollout to 16 and 17 year olds. But he decides to, to tell the rest of us, you need to go and have your job too.
2: The benefits outweigh the potential harms.
0: No, they don't. I'm a chess physician. He's a, I thought he said chess physician, that he helps people who are not doing well with chess. But I think he meant chest, bronchial stuff.
2: In the hospital that I work at.
0: Listen to this now. This is some claim. In the hospital,
2: uh, we are now seeing young people who are unvaccinated being admitted to hospital with quite severe COVID. Bollocks. Many of them need oxygen support. Bollocks. And sadly, some of them also need a ventilator machine to help them to breathe.
0: Monumental bollocks. Horse manure. None of the attending prostitutes asked him for proof of that. None of them asked him for numbers. I swear. None of them asked him for a breakdown by region, a breakdown by hospital, of these young people allegedly flooding into hospitals with severe COVID, some of whom who need to be ventilated. There is no effing way the children are having to be ventilated against a respiratory condition in the month of August, let alone the month of July. And telling me at this briefing, this quack and the two quacks that sat on either side of him while he was on the edge, neither of them demonstrated what they were, excuse me, none of them illustrated a single point by using a graph. Nothing official. We're telling you, therefore, it must be so. No effing way The children are being ventilated against a respiratory condition in great numbers in this country in the month of August. God, I hate the press. I really do. Here's a bit more.
2: Much of that suffering can be prevented. What suffering? Reduced through vaccination. Uh,
0: vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. Why do you want to vaccinate the 16 and 70-year-olds? 17-year-olds. We're seeing youngsters coming into hospital in greater numbers with severe COVID and we're ventilating some of them. Eh, Any proof? No, no. No, just take his word for it.
2: And So my urge to adults who are 18 years and above who are not yet vaccinated is that you strongly consider booking your vaccine appointment, having the jab and getting yourselves and your friends and family protected. That's the first piece of advice. Lovely. The second relates to healthy 16 and 17 year olds. We would like to advise that the first vaccine dose is offered now for 16 and 17 year olds who are otherwise healthy with the aim of a second vaccine dose to be offered sometime later. And we will provide another update of advice regarding the exact details of the second dose.
0: So it's on then, and Jonathan Van Tam, I won't play the clip. I won't, I didn't bother, I didn't bother dragging it out. Van Tam said they can probably do this in the first term. That's the first term after the summer recess. It's on then, for 16 and 17 year olds. Yeah, there isn't any opposition to it. Doesn't matter. Is it King's College in London? Not just King's College in London. But a number of other scientists appearing on the UK media today, a professor at East Anglia University, many other scientists came forward today speaking to the Mail Online, speaking to talk radio. They said there's absolutely no need whatsoever to jab 16 and 17-year-old children. It's on then. So what about parental consent then, Professor Wei Shen Lim? A prostitute actually asked him, would there be would it be necessary to get parental consent and this was his answer
2: on your second point about parental consent um in the in the uk a person who is 16 years and above is deemed able to consent for themselves uh, and if they are competent and able to consent for themselves then uh, that consent holds
0: yes it isn't um they can't legally drink They're living at home with their parents, who are caring for them. But if they want to go and get the jab themselves, well, Wei Shen Lim says, sure, no problem. We'll let let them decide. Speaking a short time ago to Sky News, here is the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, doubling down on the fact that the youngsters won't need to ask permission they can make their own minds up.
3: Uh, 16 and 17 year olds won't need consent uh, from their parents and that's because already in, in the UK uh, when it comes to uh, medication 16 and 17 year olds can decide for themselves. It's, uh, it's The general presumption is that they're just able to make these decisions and, and that hasn't changed. So they'll be able to decide for themselves. Of course, they may want to speak to their parents and speak to others. They may want to speak to clinicians and we'll be making sure that they have all the information that they need.
0: Right. You heard it from Sajid Javid. They can do whatever they like. If they want to have it, they can have it. If they don't, they don't. They'll speak to clinicians. They might speak to their parents. There was one very good question from Martin Brown of the Daily Express. Back to the press conference today. And back to Professor Wei Shen Lim of the JCVI. An excellent question. The answer given was astonishing in light of everything he had said. Here's the question, first of all, from Martin Brown.
2: Thank you. Um, Can I just ask if the evidence uh, will be published uh, for parents and others to look at?
0: That's a great question. So, Mr Lim, or Professor Lim, all of this stuff you talked about, you will be providing the hard evidence, won't you? Secondly, um, how quickly do you think
2: all first jabs could be delivered by to 16, 17-year-olds? Perhaps by Christmas...
0: Lovely. Be- forget about the second part of the question. That was answered by Van Tam, who said, as I said earlier, they would hope to do it in the first term. So, what about the evidence then? This is astonishing. Okay, would you like to start with Remember, I told you what the JCVI is it's the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation. It advises the government and SAGE on who should get jabbed and when. It is responsible for determining whether it is safe. To vaccinate different groups of people It is So the evidence then, Lim
2: Sure, um, your first question was about Whether the evidence will be published And indeed the uh, intention is For all the evidence to be published The intention uh, The evidence uh, isn't necessary In the hands of JCVI we have- What?
0: The evidence isn't necessarily In the hands of the JCVI I've spoken to
2: uh, academic partners And to other people In other countries as well Uh, So wherever possible, we encourage that the evidence is published, but the timing is not in our hands.
0: (laughs) We've come here today under false pretenses. In other words, Martin from the Daily Express, if I'm to be totally honest, we advise the government and you, the people, on who should get pricked and who shouldn't get pricked. You believe us when we tell you we've done the research, but we haven't and we can't publish the data uh, overseas mumble mumble anecdotal mumble mumble we've heard from other academics mumble mumble we don't necessarily have the data i wouldn't buy a fucking ice cream from that chump to give to a child you hear that tom no could you repeat
2: it because i i can't believe my fucking ears
0: i can't either listen to what he says
2: the intention is for all the evidence to be published uh, the evidence uh, isn't necessary in the hands of jcvi we have spoken to academic partners and to other people in other countries as well uh, so wherever possible we encourage that the evidence is published but the timing is not in our hands
0: oh my god usually the press tutees the journalists are usually videoing in from a remote location usually right today because we're 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 This is what they want you to believe. We're out of restrictions. We've had our Freedom Day. Today there was about eight of the journalists in the room. None of them batted an eyelid. When Martin Brown got that answer from that chump, that quack who claims to be a professor, was asked, where's the evidence to support your decision to start giving the jab to the 16 and 17-year-olds? Well, it's our intention to... Uh, I'm just going to play it again because, honest to God, you can't over-egg this. The intention is for
2: all the evidence to be published. Uh, the evidence uh, isn't necessary in the hands of JCVI. We have spoken to uh, academic partners and
0: to... We've just had a chat. <laughs> Professor Lim, how did you come to the conclusion that we should start jabbing the 16 and 17-year-olds? Well... We, uh, well, well I think we had a couple of Zoom conversations. There was a guy in Kuala Lumpur and he said he thinks it's all right, yeah. And then they're jabbing the kiddies in America and some woman over there said it was okay. Um, It's our intention to publish the data, but the evidence isn't in our hands at the moment. But go and jab your kiddies. Go and jab your kiddies. You fucking moron. No thanks. This is the Richie Allen radio show. Well, get- it's the Mavericks, and as long as there's loving tonight on the Richie Allen radio show. 29 minutes past, well, 28 and a half minutes past five o'clock. The BBG with you live from Salford. Richie Allen radio show towers in Salford. Distinguishable. There's a massive spire out of it with a big massive antenna. No, there isn't. There isn't. Ah, there isn't. Here's a little more from the health secretary, Sajid Javid, speaking to Sky, telling 16 and 17-year-olds who are considering getting the jab that they should be reassured it's the right thing to do, but also there's no compulsion. What a liar. His nose must have grown by several inches. Now, I know Javid has a rather... a rather protruding nose anyway, doesn't he? Does he? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. So here's Javid. Yeah.
3: The reassurance that we can give actually comes directly from the clinicians themselves. So they've held a press conference uh, today as well, where we've heard from the deputy chief medical officer, the head of the JCVI and uh, Dr. June Rain, the head of the MHRA, our independent uh, medicines regulator. And they are all at one on this, that this is a absolutely the right thing to do uh, for all 16 and 17 year olds. Of course, uh, there's no compulsion in this like all our vaccines vaccination offer. It's something for people to consider and to decide if there's something they want to do.
0: Yeah, but you won't be going anywhere unless you take it. There is a compulsion. It's a coercion. Compulsion via coercion. Of course there's compulsion. You're going to tell these 16 and 17 year olds that they can't travel. They can't attend maybe the cinema. Maybe the complexes that youngsters like to go to at weekends. These big complexes like Parr's Wood in Manchester where a lot of younger adults, you could say, like to hang out. At what point will they say, I would imagine, very soon... Well, if you can't show us that you've been jabbed, you ain't coming in. So again, he's lying, is Javid.
3: But we want to make sure that all the best information is available and that we are doing all we can together to build this wall of defence that already has meant, for example, that there's 60,000 fewer people in the UK that have died uh, from this uh, this horrid virus. And also some 22 million infections have been prevented all because of our vaccination programme.
0: Hmm. But when asked for any evidence as to why they were jabbing the kiddies or the young adults, your JCVI guy had none whatsoever. He said, well, we don't have it. Got it from somewhere else, you know. It is uh, 29 minutes to the top of the hour. Let me read one or two emails before we have a look at what's on RichieAllen.co.uk. Fans of, I shouldn't say fans because he's like me. He is repulsed by the term Followers of Spiro Skouras. Spiro's not on. He cried off the programme later this afternoon. As you'd expect, he has a very good reason. He's a top lad. We'll have him back on again real soon when I come back for my own uh, break in a couple of weeks' time. Amy makes a very good point. For the 16 and 17-year-olds, Richie, as they've been deemed legally old enough to decide for themselves, what if the parents want them to have the jab? But the child doesn't. I wonder whose decision will be considered valid at that point. That's a very good point. The government might change its tune if the 16 and 17 year olds decide they don't want it. And you know, many of them might take that position because, as we know, I say as we know, I shouldn't say that. We've been told that as many as 2.9 million 20 to 29-year-olds have said no to the jab. There is a feeling that the younger you get, the less inclined to have the jab people are. So maybe many 16 and 17-year-olds will say, no, thank you. No, merci. No, no, thanks. Neil, no chance. No chance. And if they do, as Amy says, and the parents want them to have it so that the parents can drag them off to Switzerland or somewhere in the Alps for a skiing holiday in the winter maybe. I don't know. Maybe the government will suddenly change its tune. I have no idea. Anywho. Hi to Jim. God, you, you, you as a a listener, you, you do send me voluminous. Information. I get hundreds of emails a day, no joke, not an exaggeration, with all sorts of videos and links to things that I just never read because I never have the blooming time. <laughs> Ron says, Richie, these people are disgusting, evil bastards. See, that's what you get when you deal with somebody who's lived a few years. You just get blunt truth. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Ron. Patricia, speaking of Switzerland, says, why give one of the shots to children? Well, for the same reason that the entire programme of the shots has been what it's been about from the beginning. More money for the shot makers. The programme of Gene therapy Shots has never been about health. It's always been about money and control, says Patricia. People who have actually been paying attention already know that. Parents who have been paying attention will not allow one of these shots be injected into their Children, excellent comments. Thank you, Patricia. Listen, if you do pay attention to this programme and you disagree with any of that, there are people like that. They're usually mature people. I used to meet them when I first started out in radio. There are people who might completely disagree with the things they hear on a programme like this, but they listen anyway because they are mature. If you disagree, this programme is just as much for you as anybody else. Send me an email and I'll even get you on the programme. We'll have a nice chat, a friendly chat, right? Keep that in mind. This isn't an echo chamber. It is not. You might disagree. You might see COVID in a different light. You're welcome on this programme. You'll be treated with the same respect as everybody else who's come on. You'll get plenty of time to say what you want to say. And you know I'm telling the truth. I'm saying the truth. Hi to Besson. How you doing, Besson? Thank you. More emails and stuff with information. David Keane. How you doing, David? Get my kids jabbed to save a double-jabbed grandma. They can feck right off, says David. It is preposterous. <laughs> Give your healthy child whose immune system has kept viruses at bay. Give them. Give them. A jab to protect granny, who's had two jabs. By the way, granny will have had three jabs by mid-September. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I miss something, by the way? Did I? Did I miss something? I did, because I'm half an idiot. Hang on. Because there was something else that came out of that press conference today. And I might very well now have just deleted the Bloomin'. I might have done. I might have deleted the the Bloomin' clip. But this guy from the JCVI, he also took the opportunity this afternoon to remind all the parents watching that they've also fallen behind on their meningitis jabs, on their HPV Gardasil jabs, because of the pandemic, so they need to catch up. I swear to God, and I can't find the bloody clip. I think I inadvertently deleted it. But he did say that. Oh, yeah. Let's give the children seven or eight different jabs and just see what happens. (laughs) You know, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Remember that scene in Monty Python's Meaning of Life, remember? Mr. Creosote the rotund diner at the French restaurant remember the waiter stuffing him and stuffing him and stuffing him till the point where the waiter felt that he would explode and then John Cleese ran for cover while Mr. Creosote exploded they should do that with the kiddies just jab the bejesus out of him give them the HPV jab give it to boys even though boys don't have a cervix give it to them Give it to them. Give them that. Give them meningitis. Give them all sorts of jabs. Give them the COVID jabs as well and just see what happens. Just see what happens. See whether they grow a new arm, an extra arm out of their neck or they grow a finger out of their testicles or something like that. Just give them all the jabs in the world and just sit back and see what happens. It'll be great fun. These guys. Where's the evidence? Ah, Jesus. Uh, uh, the, the evidence. Where's The evidence. Where's the evidence that we should jab the kiddies? The intention is for all the evidence to be published. Uh, The evidence
2: uh, isn't necessary in the hands of (laughs) JCBI. We have spoken to uh, academic partners and to other people in other countries as well. Uh, So wherever possible, we encourage that the evidence is published, but the timing is not in our hands.
0: We don't have the evidence really, you know. That's the way it goes, we don't have it. I'm Richie Allen, by the way. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is Christy Dignam and the amazing Aslan, Dublin's finest. Crazy world on the Richie Allen Show. Aslan, crazy world on your Richie Allen radio show. Petrol prices gone through the absolute roof. Are you feeling this, are you? Are you a driver? How many miles did you do in your car last year? My pal Tez came around today, which was lovely. I haven't seen him for ages and ages. He popped around. He's a motoring enthusiast, but these days he likes the moped because you get a thousand miles to the gallon in the moped, of course, which is very clever. He also cycles a bit because he wants to save the planet. I don't think he does. But anyway... Petrol prices, diesel prices at an eight-year high, rising for nine straight, straight even months. you seeing seen that, you're following that. I figured out that in 2020, we, where did we go? We went to, we went to the Lake District for a week in 2020. Just one week we had away. And outside of that, I just wasn't driving anywhere because we weren't going out. We weren't going into the city. We weren't doing our thing, going to cafes, going for meals. I think I did about 750 miles in my vintage, in my renault Megane estate. What about you? The point I'm making is that petrol and diesel prices are rising, like the clappers. But maybe, for the moment, maybe you're not feeling it. I don't know. But it is amazing, I put some diesel in the other day, and I think it was one pound thirty six pence per liter, which is shocking, absolutely shocking. I can remember being in Spain on spawn, as we say oscuelga, and I think I was getting petrol at the time for my big, fat old, very old mercedes banged up Mercedes. well, it wasn't banged up, but it was a very old mercedes, and I think it was. About 88 cent euro cent for, for a liter, Even less. Yeah, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. One or two more emails. <coughs> Excuse me, coughing off Mike and then I've got one or two more things to talk about. Gerald Salente, the man behind the Trends Journal and Trends in the News, will be with me in the second hour of the programme. Stephen was in touch. How are you, Stephen? Richie, I cannot believe what I just heard from the press conference. How do these people get away with such blatant lies and false statements? They must be, be they must be getting paid a serious amount of money for this drivel. Stephen, I know you know the answer. The answer is quite simple. There is no media. How emboldened have these people become? Isn't it amazing to see how emboldened they have become in the absence of any rigorous examination of the crap? they'll say anything. Doesn't matter. Once you know yourself that there is no fear of anybody coming back at at you, you'll say anything. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for the fact that in wider society, amongst normal people, we, we do tend to have a little bit of scepticism. So when our friends tell us tall stories about things they did or saw and they're pulling our legs, we know And we express scepticism and we pull them in or pull them up and we say give over you bullshitter. That's what we do. But if we didn't do that and we accepted every word that came from the mouths of our friends and our acquaintances, they'd be telling us all manner of things, wouldn't they? That's what's happening here. There is no challenge. It's it's wonderful. Why do you think they won't come on programmes like this? They hide behind their get-out-of-jail card, which is, well, yeah, you might have a big audience, but I can't come on because uh, you've platformed uh, anti-Semites or some other garbage like that. That's not true, of course. They won't come on here because I'm not going to grandstand and, you know, and shout and bawl at people, no. But I'm not going to take their bullshit. Hang on a second. Did you just say that you've not done the research yourself? that you don't have it, that some other guy might have done it in some other country, that's no basis to jab the 16 and 17-year-olds, is it, Professor? That's basic stuff. It is basic stuff, I would say. It is Journalism 101. You're welcome, Gary. Thanks for coming back to me. Hi to Martin, who's in Spain on the Costa Blanca. Richie, it's one euro nineteen now for petrol. No, no, for diesel. Petrol is €1.34 in Spain. Not much difference, Martin. It's just as bad there, isn't it? Just as bad there. Hi to CC, who's been full on. Now, CC reached out to the programme yesterday. He was upset that his missus had the jab. Very upset. I'm not going to say understandably, because that would be unfair. Shouldn't say that. But I'd be surprised and probably a little bit put out if El Frogo Tremendo came back to me and said, Hey, I had the job. It would be in a different accent, obviously. I've had the jab, eh? Uh, I don't know what accent that was. And I would say, ah, for fuck's sake, Froggy. And there might be a bit of a back and forth about it, you know? there might be a couple of geranium pots thrown around the the living room. I don't have any geranium pots either. I don't know where I get this shit. Anyway, Cece came back to say, Look, Richie, I've been full-on loving with the missus today after yesterday. Now she's telling me to bugger off because she thinks I'm after something. (laughs) Anyway, these uh, twats, says Cece, are now going to potentially cause these young children to have myocarditis as has been shown to happen in the US. Indeed, it has. Toxic spike proteins rushing through their veins. These bastards have it coming to them and soon, says Cece. Yeah. Who's also downloaded the MP3 for the Raising Arizona theme. Yes, yes. (coughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you feel it's getting too much for you, if it's becoming too much, get it on your device, play it, stand in your room. Channel your inner Jackie Gleason from Smokey and the Bandit too. When his stress levels were elevated, a little device would signal strapped to his waist would signal that he had to chant Um do you remember that, Jackie Gleason? It's good, it is very cathartic. I recommend it strongly. I do it at least seventeen times a day. Richard Kelly got in touch to say the song Crazy World is raising hairs on the back of his neck. Thanks, Richard. Bit too much sharing going on there, maybe. Just a little bit too much sharing going on. (laughs) I would expect so. It's a terrific song. Christy Dignam was a fantastic... He's still alive, but he was a fantastic singer-songwriter in his prime. Now, a couple of things on richieallen.co.uk, which I think bear having a a squint at, do, if you can, go to my website, richieallen.co.uk. Have I done that? I have. I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went into Podomatic by accident. By accident. You probably saw this Balmoral, Balmoral, eh? Have you ever been to an agricultural show? (laughs) I was dragged to one in County Waterford, in the west of Waterford, near Ardmore, one time. I was dragged... By a DJ called Oliver Carroll. A gentleman and a scholar. A farmer himself. But didn't want to work on the farm. Went into broadcasting. Became a wonderful broadcaster. Very, very good. And a lovely gentleman. It's always the really good people. the Nice people make the best broadcasters. Because you can't fake it. In an intimate medium like radio. You can't fake it. Oliver grew up on a farm. Lovely farm in Wexford. But got into radio. He said to me one time. He said, Richie. I'm taking you to the West Waterford show or some shite like that. And by God was the place covered in shite. Pig shite. Cattle shite. Heifer shite. Bull shite. Chicken shite. But I actually had a great day. Funnily enough, I went with a lot of preconceptions. I had a fantastic day. Met a lot of wonderful people who smelled like cow shit themselves, but they were lovely and they were very generous in dealing with the city boy and his ridiculous questions. Anyway, Balmoral show is the biggest agricultural show in Northern Ireland and it didn't take place last year because of the Covid However, anywho it will take place again this year even though it has been delayed But, you'll have to have a vaccine passport to get in Oh yes you will You will, you will need to show that you've been double jabbed or that you have a recent negative test to get in Yeah Here's a statement from the organisers of the Balmoral show. Balmoral Castle, is it? There are, of course, challenges in running an event like this, and we all need to adapt to ensure we can make the show COVID secure. The safety and well-being of our visitors, exhibitors, stewards, officials and contractors remains the greatest importance. The show will be a COVID-compliant show and will only go ahead if it is safe to do so. Indeed. You can only go, by the way, if you had your second dose more than two weeks before the event. Or, you can show a negative lateral flow test as recently as 48 hours before the event. And then, on the website for the Balmoral Show, you couldn't make this up, it has published guidelines for the visitors, for the farmers, for the farmers who who come to the show. They've published guidance what you can and what you can't do. You must wear a mask in enclosed spaces. Wow. Even though there's no mask mandate anymore and it's August. And when you're outdoors, you must wear a mask if you cannot socially distance. Indeed. Indeed. You must also not be in any contact with those outside of your social bubble and no High fives or hugging anybody.
2: What kind of fuckery is this?
0: No high-fiving people. No high-fiving people. If you see the greatest looking heifer you've ever seen in your life, you're not to high-five Bernard or give him a hug. No. No, because you might give him the COVID. Or he might give you the COVID. I wish it wasn't true. I wish it wasn't true that Children rocked up to Belfast yesterday and took a COVID jab in order to win a free ticket to a festival, but they did. I wish it wasn't true, but they bloody well did. I don't know what else to say to you about that. In other news, the drummer of the band Offspring. Do you remember Offspring? Pretty fly for a white guy. 1986. Some idiot on my website said that they were a punk band, The Offspring. Give over. There's more punk in the monkeys. In the offspring, uh, the offspring fired their drummer Pete Parada because Pete can't have a COVID jab. Now, he's not just a refusenik like you or me who will not be told what to take into their bodies by some creepy authoritarian arsehole. No, if that if he was, that would be fine. No, 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 Pete won't have the jab because he's got a serious autoimmune disorder. And his doctor has told him, don't have the jab because it could kill you. Even still, his bandmates have chucked him out. It sounds like Pete would have had the jab, that he was on board with the technology. But his doctor said, no, mate, the risks outweighed the benefits because you've got guillain barr syndrome. If I said that right, guillain barr guillain barr syndrome. Basically, his immune system attacks his nerves. It's not very nice. And his doctor said, I tell you what, Pete... Don't have the jab because it'll make it worse. Pete said, right, I can't have the jab. And the bandmates said, sling your hook, pal. And up until I came on air anyway, up until I came on air, the bandmates wouldn't respond. Oh, yeah. We're just, we're at the very outer edges now of the tyranny. It's just beginning. You probably saw today that Sarah Gilbert, witch doctor, had a Barbie doll Modelled on her. It's on the website if you didn't see it. The mainstream media covered it. They were delighted with it. This is Sarah Gilbert. If you're in Ireland and you don't know who she is, think the Whirligig Witch. Think the Whirligig Witch. Forty coats. The Whirligig Witch. And then think Deirdre Barlow's glasses. Think the Whirligig Witch wearing Deirdre Deirdre. Deirdre Barlow's glasses. Then you've got Sarah Gilbert. She's a job developer, works for Oxford University. And she partnered with AstraZeneca to make the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, or the clot shot, as my great palin Cleggin has told me it's called. The clot shot. Yeah, because it gives clots in the heart and in the brain. It's proven to be deadly for people. Rather than run this woman out of town or laugh for off the airwaves, Mattel, because Barbie is made by Mattel, has made a doll of this woman, Sarah Gilbert, the gig witch with Deirdre Barlow's reading glasses. Where do you... What do you say to that? You know, I, in my article, I linked to the New York Times, which went big on the story this year and last year, that AstraZeneca basically falsified the data. Around the safety of the AstraZeneca jab. Which they do. They do it all the time. AstraZeneca, Pfizer. All the time they're skewing the data and telling lies. Little lies. Porky pies. And they're giving this woman a Barbie doll. (laughs) And they're giving her the Barbie doll to inspire young women around the country to follow in her footsteps and get into STEM research. Please God, don't. Whatever you do, don't get into that sort of research. Just trust your immune systems, be Jesus. Take zinc, take vitamin D three, take uh magnesium, just take supplements if you can't get the stuff naturally. Just do that, you know. Just do that. <laughs> and in other news Some of you anti vaxxers, you're a shower, little bastards. Apparently you're abusing NHS doctors, you're abusing them. And you're abusing healthcare workers. Because they want people to get jabbed, I don't think it's actually true, but this is this is all about of course, destroying or eliminating dissent. Listen to the chief executive of N h s providers. His name is Chris Hobson. Here he is speaking with Talk Radio's Julia Hartley Brewer.
4: Just a bit more detail about that. You talk about the abuse uh, because there's a letter in the Times today uh, from uh, jointly the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, the NHS Confederation, the Royal College of Midwives, and Unison uh, uh, criticising the small, aggressive minority uh, who have been uh, uh, basically sending abuse at healthcare workers. This, particularly after the head of the Royal College of Midwives uh, encouraged pregnant women to have the COVID vaccine. And they talk about a sinister tide of abuse and aggression that's growing in the past few months. Um, I, I got a load of uh, abuse and um, from quite unpleasant uh, uh, tweets from people yesterday when I, I tweeted out, mainly because an awful lot of my colleagues uh, here at Talk Radio have got a lot of very young people um, uh, in their 20s desperate to get their second jab, able to get their first jab the moment they were able to. I don't know who all these young people are who are trying to avoid getting the jab. Uh, they, they would like to be able to go on holiday abroad. They don't want to carry a vaccine passport here in the UK. But if another country requires a double jab to get there, then they
0: are willing to do that. Somebody called Guinness. I think Julia has broken the world record for the longest question ever asked to a radio guest. Christ, she can go on. I pity your husband. Um,
4: and they've been they've been trying to get their second jab <laughs> moved forward, uh, so they can get it. I oh, tweeted out, "Look, you know, anyone know? Ask where? the fucking question, girl. In, in London, where we are, where we're based. Ask a question. Can get these second jabs. An awful lot of, um, I mean, I would say anti-vaxers um, arguing, you know, that you know this was, you know, this killer killer vac. <laughs> Vaccine, blah, 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 um, and getting very aggressive. Um, and there is no doubt this has really become a very nasty online battle, but, you know. Is
0: there a question in there? Should I get in touch with Julia Hartley Brewer? Just give her a little presenting 101. She's got Chris Hobson on. Chris, I mentioned on Twitter that some young people around the office are having the jab and they're excited about the second one I Got Abuse. Chris, tell me about this letter you wrote. And the other doctors wrote about the abuse you're getting. Tell me, Chris, tell me. It couldn't be any fucking simpler, brewer. She never
4: stops. But actual threats of death against the <laughs> Royal College of Midwives boss um, is going to an even greater extreme. What effect is this having on healthcare workers?
1: Well, I I was very pleased to sign the letter too because I I you know um I've been on the subject of some abuse when I've effectively um put what I hope is a kind of calm and evidence based approach to things and there's no doubt, Julie, that there is a small minority of people who feel incredibly strongly about this, but it tips over for those people into a combination of kind of online abuse, email abuse, uh, but also crucially in terms of frontline staff, we know that you know frontline staff, are, for example, being Saying to people, look, you know, you you can't come in to our hospital without a face mark and mask and without hand sanitizer because we've got very vulnerable people here. And they are being abused and in some cases even physically attacked. And you know, that is just completely unacceptable. Yeah. And that's why that letter's been written is we want to make it really clear that the NHS, all of us who as leaders in the NHS have an absolutely zero tolerance um, um, a- approach to this. And we 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 think it's perfectly legitimate to ask the general public to respect the fact that we've got to keep um you know people safe and also in terms of vaccinations it's quite right that we should be out there trying to put the arguments forward as to why people should get vaccinated and we shouldn't be abused and some of the abuse has really been absolutely outrageous and it's just people trying to do their job and protect others
4: yeah absolutely i mean jill walton let's say the chief executive Mm,
0: let's not hear any more of that tell you what i think is going on I don't think you need to be a genius to, to realise what's going on. If anybody is shouting at healthcare workers, if they are doing it, and maybe they are, maybe they are, they're a very small minority of people, a incredibly tiny minority of people, and they shouldn't do it. And there shouldn't be any minor scuffles, if there was indeed a minor scuffle. There should not be. Keep your hands off people. Only put your hands on somebody to defend yourself from physical attack. If you can't make your point to somebody without putting your hands or hands on them, you're useless. Hang it up. Give up. Violence is not the way. Kindness. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to you. Leave them alone. But I reckon it's a tiny problem. But they use tiny problems to get the reaction they want. The reaction they want is the letter from the doctors to say, oh, help us, help us, we're being abused. And then the offered solution is basically to eliminate dissent and equate moderate voices who are asking legitimate questions about the safety of the jabs, equate those people with a few head cases, and justify thereafter deleting people's social media accounts, and even taking it further, prosecuting people for maybe getting a little bit angry, and speaking to a doctor, you know, or a nurse, and asking them to look into the fact that these jabs are causing great harm and they're unnecessary. Hmm. Mike came on to me I've not pre-read these So I don't know It says Spike actually How you doing Spike? Spike says Richie Covid propaganda continues to feed the gullible British people To the extent that it doesn't matter If there is no evidence What an absolute joke That people accept the Tory shite without question Only when the wealthy middle and upper classes Become caught up in this nightmare Will anything change Says Spike Boris and his second-rate cabal have hoodwinked the majority of the UK population and only time will expose these self-obsessed political elites. Herd immunity. What is that? For feck's sake, why are these people so effing thick? The Spike. Programmed Spike. I don't think thick covers it programmed, I would say. Hi to Millie. How you doing, Millie? Thanks for your email. I'll have a look at that. Probably not in the next week or two. Because I've got tomorrow and then I'm away. Christine says, Richie, I went to secondary school in carrick on shore Not too far from Waterford. We used to get a half day for the Piltown show. Jesus, we used to love it. Great snogging and flirting was done that day at the Piltown Agricultural Show. I love it, Christine. It's time for another tune. Gerald Salente will be with us right soon. I'm really looking forward to hearing from him. It's been a while, actually, since Gerald was on. Do go to TrendsJournal.com. Check out the the Trends Journal. It's a brilliant read. Every week. Every week. And won't cost you much, either. Terrific journalist. Great writing. A brilliant forecaster of economic and political trends is Gerald. The Water Boys and and a bang on the year on the Richie Allen radio show. The time is uh, fast approaching, nine minutes past six o'clock, Wednesday's programme. Let's get rid of the tune there. It is, of course, uh, August 4th, 2021. Love my next guest. I really do. Wonderful guy. Been lucky enough to know him since my days in Spain back in the late part of the of the of the last decade. No, no, no. We're going way further back than that. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. He is the publisher of the brilliant trends journal. Go to trendsjournal dot com. For years he's been accurately predicting geopolitical and economic trends. He really has. Worn the T shirt. Uh, wears the t-shirt daily. Uh, This is a really important time, I think, to be talking to him. Without further ado, let's welcome back, live from Kingston, upstate New York, the great Gerald Salente. Welcome back, Gerald. How are you? How am I? I know.
5: I'm uh, I'm miserable.
0: Let me do this. I don't often do this so early, and I'm going to let you take over the show and, and, and chat with my listeners who are sick to death of hearing my opinions. Can I risk your wrath by playing a snip from the de Blasio press conference yesterday because I know with people being upside down and running around chasing their tails, they might not have heard what he said. I want to play just a little bit of what de Blasio said. And yep. then you can respond, of course, as you undoubtedly will. This is mayor of New York City, a guy called Bill de Blasio, and he's speaking at a press conference yesterday in New York City talking about something called the NYC Pass which people will need to participate in life in New York City. Now, I'll tell you,
6: we know those conversations with the business community are crucial. We've had a lot of them already. What we're hearing from so many folks in the business community is they understand it's time, but they need government to lead. That's gonna help them to do what they need to do. Not everyone's gonna agree with this, I understand that. But for so many people, this is gonna be the life-saving act that we're putting a mandate in place It's going to guarantee a much higher level of vaccination in the city. And that is the key to protecting people and the key to our recovery. That's why it's the key to NYC. The key to NYC pass opens a lot of doors and we need it. We'll be issuing a mayoral executive order and a health commissioner's order. Those are the legal tools necessary to implement this approach and we know That this is what's going to turn the tide. And we also know that people are going to get a really clear message. If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated. You got to get vaccinated. It's time. All the answers, all the information's out there. You've seen over 160 million Americans get vaccinated safely. You've seen it make the difference. The only reason we're having the recovery is vaccination.
0: Bill de Blasio, yesterday, the mayor of New York City, Gerald.
5: Bill de Blasio, first of all, that's not his name. His real name is Warren Wilhelm Jr. He got the de Blasio name, that was his mother's maiden name, and he did it to get the Italian-American votes in New York. Warren Wilhelm Jr., a fat, slobby piece of garbage crap, who never worked a day in his life, has been sucking off the public tit. If that little bastard said this to me face-to-face and tried to vaccinate me, he'd be down on the ground with the vaccination through his... up his arse. I gotta be proper. I can't say ass because that's a... You're not allowed to talk like that. Who is this piece of garbage throwing out this bullshit? Oh, a mayoral executive order... Who the hell are you to tell me what to do? Who the hell are you? Oh, I'm no different than that moron you got over there. Boris clown face bag Johnson. Hey, how about God's Macron? Hey, let's look up to Angela Merkel. If only a woman was in charge. How about Sanchez, the little freak in France? How about Draghi in Italy? How about one clown after another shoving orders down your throat and people sucking up to him? This guy, a clear message for all you that want to participate in our society, you have to get the vaccination. What has this turned into? All aboard, next train to Auschwitz. This is disgusting.
0: At what Look point... At
5: this. Look what's going on. Oh, oh, a vaccination. Hey, fat boy. Hey, flabby mouth. Hey, you little creep. Oh, you mean the vaccination that the uh, health minister of Israel just said on Sunday on CBS Face the Nation that it only has a uh, 50 percent efficacy rate? That one shithead? Oh, the one, the Operation Warp Speed vaccination? That is a gene therapy shot that has not been approved by the Food and Drug Administration in the United States. Oh, that's the one you're telling me to get? Oh no, no, no. I know the one you're telling me about how great it is, you're shithead. Oh, let me tell you this. They had an um, outbreak of the virus in Providence Town, Massachusetts, in July. of the people that got the virus had two shots of the vaccination. Double jam. So what are you talking about?
0: At what point? The anger you're expressing there, I feel it. And I also feel a terrible sense of sorrow because I was thinking to myself yesterday, looking forward to you coming on, and I played this audio yesterday on yesterday's program, and I was thinking, at what point will it move from you can't participate in our society, which is dreadful. You're quite right to draw the analogy with Auschwitz. Of course you are. At what point does it become in 18 months or two years time, somebody coming around to take you to a vaccination center, whether you like it or not? Now, I know it's who happening. you are.
5: It's happening. You know, is You're it? doing it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's it's happening. Look at the look at that little craphead. That, that that little god. Look at that little shithead. Uh, uh, what's his name over there? The beetle. Um, in, it, uh, in the UK. Paul
0: McCartney. McCartney. That's oh, right. McCartney.
5: Everybody get a vaccination. Yeah. Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Oh, how about Sean Pencil? Yeah, a dick the size of a goddamn pencil. That little shithead telling me what to do. One after another. Oh, celebrities. Hey, listen, craphead. You know how to read lines from a script and play somebody else who you aren't. So save your crap and shove it up your ass. I write a magazine. I've been at this for 41 years. I'll put my track record against anybody in the world on forecasting trends. Best selling books. And I got some celebrity telling me what the facts are. No, the facts don't count. Fat mouth Wilhelm just shot him out. Not one fact. All lies. All lies, all lies. The vaccine is not effective. The vaccine has not been approved by the FDA. And if the vaccine works, fat boy, why are you telling me to get it? You're safe. Oh, I'll kill other people. Who will I kill? Other people that don't want to get the vaccination? Oh, and then give it to the kids. Oh, yeah. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the recovery rate is only 99.997%, so you better get that vaccination. Oh, and for everybody else, it's only 99.7%. Oh, yeah. Oh, who are the people that are dying? 2.6 pre-existing comorbidities, obesity, and um, type 2 diabetics, and respiratory ailments. And talking about crap heads and shitheads and and blabbermouths, look at that clown you got over there. Piers Morgan. Yeah, that's the guy, the famous flab-faced pot-belly media clown who got two jabs of the AstraZeneca shot and still got the virus, yet he's propagandized media that they keep pumping this clown up and what this jerk spews out of his fat mouth.
0: Do you remember him?
5: You know what he said? Go on. You know who we are that that aren't getting the jab? He called us selfish. Selfish, yeah. I can't use the word. It's profanity. But we'll use the other word, penis. Yeah. He called us selfish pricks.
0: He did, yeah, that's right. This is a guy who failed. He was handed a big late-night audience by Larry King and failed miserably to keep the audience. But tellingly... When he filled in for King or when he took over King's job, you will remember this, Gerald. He admitted on air one night when he was desperately ill. He was desperately ill during a taping. And he said, I I had the flu jab. So this is a two-time loser, this guy. A real moron.
5: A real moron, and this is the morons that they shove in front of our face. Hey, Paul McCartney, go screw yourself. Don't you tell me and shut your goddamn mouth about telling people to get a vaccination. You don't know dick about shit. Play your goddamn guitar and go sing, but you don't know the facts, fat mouth, like the rest of you so called celebrities.
0: The Trans Journal, folks. The current I,
5: and I'm angry, you know why so I'm know, so angry. I know, I know, I don't I blame the future. you. I see the future, that's my business. I'm a visionary, and we are going into hell in Italy, in France, in Germany. You can't go out to a restaurant unless you got a vaccination, Ireland. you can't go to a concert in New York. You can't go anywhere without a vaccination. How stupid can people be to listen to drug dealers? They're drug dealers. Is-
0: Ireland too. My country. Oh. Can you imagine it? My country, like yours, like yours, like Italy. I say yours. I know you're an American, but you're an Italian. For, for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, we kept invaders at bay. Or, or we tried to. And in Ireland, it's the same. They've rolled over from last Monday. Yep. Monday last week, you can't eat indoors. I wanted to mention this week's edition of the Trends Journal. It's terrific and it's sobering. Sobering is the appropriate uh, description of it. Brilliant cover of, um, it looks like the signing of the Declaration of Independence. It's the Declaration of Vaccination. Do subscribe to the journal. Go to trendsjournal.com. And there's an article on the website. It's in the magazine as well about this is going to drive you bananas if you don't know this, but I think you might know. So, because you've you've written about this. So in Spain and elsewhere, evidence is off the charts that these jabs are giving people blood clots, particularly the AstraZeneca jab. There is a woman called Sarah Gilbert, Oxford University, right? The UK. She's most responsible for the AstraZeneca jab. You know they've made a Barbie doll in her likeness to celebrate this woman while her jab is killing people in real time. They've made a Barbie doll. This is vaudeville, Gerald. This is the Marx Brothers, this. It must be.
5: This is demonic. This is something beyond what I can anybody can imagine, that our life has changed like this, that we're going through this. You have no idea how many people I know that have gotten the vaccination.
0: Me too. God bless. And how
5: how many people don't? They can't stand me because I won't get it. And as you know, I held a Fourth of July festival, a Memorial Day for festival last year. Fourth of July festival when everything was locked down. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I'm. I'm doing everything I can. I can't do it alone. United we stand, divided we fall. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to unite everybody. Look, you saw the in France last week. Tens, tens, hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets. That's right. Germany, they. You see the the COVID cops, the Gestapo beating up people, yeah. w- women, children, and men. Because they broke the law. The they said that you should not protest look what's going on if we don't unite richie we are finished it's we're finished. done yeah. and and I my blood is italian but my heart's american and my and I'm an american because it's the land of the free no more and and you said that cover. Read the cover of what's being written with the, Anthony Frieda. By the way, these covers—he's right. a
0: genius. Great There's no
5: covers like them. What 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 does it say? Uh, that, that the Declaration of Vaccination and
0: <laughs> no, the, the people. people shall not be free. No, or we, the people, yep. shall not be free. Yeah. You're, you know, you're the people you the, the people shall not, shall not be, be free. free. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You sounded declar- very emotional you imagine
5: there. the founding fathers. Could you imagine the founding fathers seeing what's happening now? Declaration of Independence? Gone. Gone. No independence. I got this little shithead, de Blasio, and I'll call him a shithead to his face. And I say to him, who the hell do you think you are? Come over here and try to vaccinate me. Anybody, any one of you leaders, no, don't send your goons. Any one of you fat mouths that try say, I need a vaccination, you come over here and try to vaccinate me.
0: Can I pull you up on something that you said a while back? You might have misunderstood me. When, when I said, when does it become a man knocking on your door and asking to lead you away? And you said it's happening already. Now, I, I think you meant that it's virtually happening with the coercion, you know, that men yes, can't go that's to work. I and, and, and look, you're, you're bang on. But I, I really meant it literally. When will they say that it's not good enough for Mister Salente and Richie Allen to say, "Well, stick your bloody jabs"? We, we will just accept that we can't go to the theatre. I know you're a big jazz man; it must kill you. You can't go to the jazz gig. No. When no, will I the, can't you can't? Anymore. When will they say, "Well, that's no longer good enough"? You don't get to decide that you're just going to live your own separate life. We're going to take you to a center. I really meant that literally. That's what I fear. I fear that. I see
5: you. You're you're, you're right. You're right. It's going to happen if we don't stop it. It's going to happen. That's why I'm so infuriated. I'm infuriated. Again, these are not men. These are not men. They're ballless little cowards.
0: And they won't have the jab, will they, Gerald?
5: All little cowards. Could you imagine Pierce Morgan coming to me and talking to me like that?
0: No, not with I your say, training. Little fuck. Not with your Who training. Who
5: are you talking to? Oh, Cilenti, that's not... Oh, oh, you know, Oh, by the way, all anybody... Oh, Cilenti, calm down. We don't like your language. This is what people do. They believe a murderous scumbag like Barack Obama. Oh, how they he talked so properly. He was so proper in the way he talked. You know, we have to get rid of that guy Assad. I don't like what he's doing to his people. So let's bomb the shit out of them. Destroy Libya, the richest country in Africa, where people had more rights and benefits than a lot of places in Europe. Absolutely. Because I don't like him. Oh, I love Obama. He's and I want that guy Assad out of there. Oh Syria there where people used to go for tourism all the time to see the most beautiful sights in ancient history of That's the right. world. I want that anymore. I want him out of there. Absolutely. But he does it so properly and all the low life scum suck up to the shit that they throw out. Hey, can I ask you this but excuse Cementi, me? You have to calm down.
0: Yeah. Don't calm down, ever.
5: Oh, I'm not going
0: to Do you know what I want to say? I want to endorse something, because this is a, it's important that people... You don't... Well, maybe you do, because I'm not privy to the media appearances that you do in America. But I think over here, you don't get the credit you deserve. Let me just say this. What Gerald Salente is telling you about Obama... He predicted this when Obama was the darling of the celebrity world on the campaign trail back in the mid-2000s. This guy came out of nowhere. Gerald Salente said where it would go. He did. That's right. Said that this guy, it's in the magazine, word word for word. This would just be another puppet. And you predicted what would happen in Syria. You knew what would happen in Libya. It's the same. The same story with a different narrator every time. You were one of the guys who woke me up to that years ago to get out of that. Gerald Salenti is our guest. Trendsjournal.com. An emotion I've never heard you so emotional. You know that? It's just horrible. I see
5: the future. You, you, you nailed it. It's going to be door to door. You can see what's going on. It's step by step by step. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a website, dw.org. And it's a German website. And just a couple of days ago, they had a, a feature in there, and I didn't know who the Sintis were, S I N T I, and the Romas, which were the Gypsies. And, excuse me, this is 1944, and it's very well dressed people, and, you know, family, about seven people, and they were taken to the concentration camps. About 5,000 of them died, and they, wrote, and they had a letter that the woman wrote to her sister about how her two children just died, you know, the conditions are so terrible, and, and it goes on. And, the, the, of course, the Romans were the gypsies. The, and it wasn't only the Jews that got killed, you know, that's all we ever hear about. Yeah. Operation Barbarossa, launched by, by Hitler in 1941, only killed 30 million uh, uh, Russians and Eastern Europeans, but we won't talk about that, that doesn't count. And of all the other people that died in concentration camps, over uh, three million Russian soldiers died in concentration camps. But anyway, 1944 this happened. I'm born in 1946. This isn't ancient history. Europe was destroyed. This isn't ancient history. It's right in front of our eyes. Again, it's happening. And I want to make this, I mentioned Israel what Israel's ramping up pressure against Iran, and this thing's going to get out of hand, and and if if it blows up in the Middle East, it's going to be the beginning of World War III, and the Western nations are all going to support Israel, who keeps stealing Palestinian land in violation of the Geneva Convention and the um, United Nations, and what they're doing to the Palestinians is is. <laughs> Hitler would have been proud of it.
0: Yeah, he would have been. I don't mind anybody saying that. I don't on this program. Um you and I both know many Jewish people who are as much against it. Well,
5: all my Jewish friends are against all it. All against it. But what oh, the government
0: does, it. you're right. It 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 is the equal of what the Nazis uh, did to Jews and that's the terrible tragedy of it.
5: Well, well they well, they also have the uh, what they what they did the apartheid state. Yeah. It's right there that the Jews have more freedom and and than the Arabs, it's right there in writing. The union, the, the news, what they did a couple of years ago. It's an apartheid state. Last time you were lapsing. on, and I'm not an anti-Semite. My, three, of my last four girlfriends were Jewish, just to take it easy.
0: Take it easy. Oh, on by again. the
5: way, you know why Jewish men die before their wives?
0: Go on. Do I dare ask why? Go on. <laughs>
5: Go on. They want to. <laughs>
0: that that reminds me of my favourite Jew I can't upstage you I'm not going to try to upstage you but um, a Jewish friend of mine said to me many years ago I'm still in touch with him he's an elderly gentleman also was a World War II veteran and he said to me Richie we have a great joke amongst ourselves the Jews why do Jews not commit suicide you know the answer don't you because we never had to (laughs) is the answer (laughs) there was always somebody trying to kill us but no you're right to draw the analogy between what happened in the Second World War what's happening now General Celentia is It's going I guess. on now. It's going, on, it's going
5: now. on now. It didn't happen right away. It's step by step. It's step by step. And they're taking the steps. They're drug dealers. We have the, and oh, oh, and by the way, Biden, oh, just to back up. This guy Scott Gottlieb. Yes, yeah, Scott Gutless, Scott Gottlier. That little freak, a little arrogant boy. He was the FDA, Food and Drug Administration head under Trump, right? That's right. This guy was the guy that was talking about social distancing outside. They locked down most of Australia, over half of it. People can't go outside. The facts show that, check, and these are not my facts, these are scientific proven facts, that the chances of getting the virus outside are less than 1%. Anyway, this guy that was on, now he's all over the media, that was the f- head of the FDA under the Trump administration. He's now on the board of directors of Pfizer. Ridiculous. All right. Corruption. How how, how stupid can you be to believe this shit? Yeah. Anyway, number two. You're la- Pfizer gave Trump uh, Biden a million dollars to celebrate his inauguration. I'm not making this stuff up. If you or I, this we're talking about, they would have us arrested for doing this.
0: Yeah, they would, yeah, yeah. You'd be tried and you'd they be would, found guilty They would have us arrested It
5: would be all of the news.
0: And this guy, Gerald Biden, without, I don't care if he's the president um, and, and all that goes with that dreadful office. He's still an old man and a, a part of me wants to be respectful to old men, even though I can't stand him. What's your reading on him? Because he doesn't look remotely well to me.
5: He's been he's been a craphead his entire life. Who gives a damn about now? This guy's been sucking off the public tit for his entire life. Yeah. He's I'm, never worked a day in his life.
0: I'm fascinated though that if he isn't compass mentis,
5: You're all incompetent. Yes. You're all a bunch <laughs> of crapheads. Oh, do you like little doesn't George Bush, the daddy's boy born on third base? That eighty-eight percent of the Americans believe this imbecilic moron. We got to get, we got to get that guy Osama bin Laden dead or alive. Let's go invade Afghanistan and have another losing war in America that Biden voted for. Yeah,
0: that Biden voted for.
5: Shit! How can you look up to a Macron? How can you look up to a Johnson? How low can you go? How Hitler, march to Mussolini, salute Stalin. It's been going on forever, forever.
0: And they're not any more sophisticated now than they were. Let me ask you this. I know you're no, they're d-
5: they're dumber now. They're dumber now. I yeah. got friends that. How can you believe a drug dealer? How can you believe a drug dealer? Let's end it right there. How can you believe what the drug dealers are saying? I lost my niece from opiate addiction. Johnson and Johnson, yeah, one of the jab makers, yeah. That, that the one you mean that the one selling the opiates? And look at all what the look at what they do with these drugs and what they're doing to people. Look how many people are dying from quote, prescription drugs. Don't talk about natural healing, don't get in good shape, don't build your immune system. Hey, you see those sales of McDonald's going way up? Yeah. See the sales of uh, Coca-Cola? Pepsi-Cola, going way up. Can't understand why the people are dying and in such crappy shape. You know my line. Did you ever hear the, the expression, pigs can't fly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have been to the airport lately?
0: Gerald <laughs> <laughs> Salente is our guest. Look, I know you're busy. Before we wrap it up for today, I've got to ask you, because you said quite rightly, and I know you've been involved in some brilliant rallies, And I understand the spiritual aspect of those rallies, that they're a great boost for people. And when people are frightened, as they are now, and they understand what's going on, they'll come and meet you in great numbers. You'll have a day out. It's wonderful. I would never criticise it. And there is no but. My question is, when does it need to go from rallying together to show solidarity in numbers against the tyranny when does it need to become something else and i don't mean violence when does it need to become large groups of people refusing to pay these lunatics refusing to do what they're told when do we need to become a bit more like gandhi and just refuse to cooperate
5: right now right now and and you're 100% right and i say this is when we, when i had the rallies i said after we leave here we have to do this isn't going to work yeah and and so what i've done and it's official I've started a church the universal church of freedom peace and justice and I want to unite everybody under it we just got started go to occupypeace.com and donate so we can keep this going you can't do it without money anyway you know one of my one of my tenants so my I own the you know the, the I own the historic buildings up here in Kingston yeah. is Peter is Peter Buffett Warren Buffett's son and he's donated to the Kingston radio station and this is a city of only 23 million people, $13 million. Wow. $13 million for nothing, for nothing. And he doesn't like me. You know, he doesn't even say hello to me. He's arrogant. Another daddy's boy with an attitude. And I say it to his face. <laughs> right. And, um, uh, and he, he's my tenant and I'm not renewing his lease. How does so he
0: feel this, about that? This
5: is, so going back, yeah. could you imagine if I had $13 million, what I would do with it? Of course. Now, here's what I say what needs to be done, and you nailed it. There was a thing called the Berlin Wall. It came down only one way. People went out and sat at the wall, and then more people, and then more people. Day after day, week after week, until millions of people were there. And all of a sudden, these little tough boys dressed in their military drag like those scummy little clown boys in in Germany that beat up little kids and women and men last week. All of a sudden, they got their uniforms off and dropped their guns and the wall came down. This has to go on for days and weeks. It has to be millions of us uniting all over the world and saying, you will not tell us what to do anymore. We have constitutions and bills of rights. We are not on this earth to listen to you. We are free people. It has to go on day after day, night after night, week after week. And the facts are there to show it works.
0: It's worked historically. Folks, if you well said, mate, well said, go to trendsjournal dot com but do check out occupypeace dot com as well. You've been listening to Gerald Salente live from Kingston in upstate New York. Love having you on, pal. You know that. I can't wait to pick it up with you again in September. And do thank Jane, uh, who I think is new, a, a new yep. staff member at the uh, Trends Journal. Uh, lovely lady by all accounts. I do give her a, a thank you from us as well. And thanks for everything you do, my friend.
5: Thank you. And also, I'll be speaking at Ron Paul's uh, conference in Washington, D.C. on September 4th. And he's the late... Last person, I only voted for two presidents in the last, you know, 30 years, and that was uh, more than that. Uh, uh, Ronald Ray, uh, 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 Ralph Nader, and and Ron Paul, and so I'll be a speaker at his uh, conference, "The War Against Us," on um, September 4th in Washington, D.C. So go to Liberty Report, and and Ron Paul, and, and please try to join us.
0: Now that's the fourth of September. Go to Liberty Report, folks. Uh, the war against us, September fourth. If you're in the UK, it'll be sometime in the evening UK time because we're like five hours ahead of you. And try
5: to try to come to the rally if you can, and and in the meeting, you know, like the conference. And uh, uh, um, RFK Jr. will be there, and so too will uh, Judge Napolitano
0: Brilliant. and others. What a lineup, and you included. Thanks, Gerald. Have a great rest of your day, my friend, and we'll talk again in September. And
5: thank you, and thank you for all you do,
0: Rich. Not at all, my friend. God bless. God bless you. Gerald Salente, trendsresearch.com, but just put trendsjournal.com in. Go to occupypeace.com, and the great man will be speaking on September 4th with, uh, with Ron Paul, RFK Jr., uh, Judge Napolitano, and many others. Go to Liberty Report to find out when that's on, on September the 4th, and how you can watch it. Top man, Gerald Salente. Right, it's time for a tune from me... I've got ELO, Jeff Lynne, ELO lined up there. Why not? A little bit of Mr. Blue Sky on the Richie Allen radio show. Live from Salford. Makes me a little bit emotional, that. I'm not going to tear up, don't worry. It makes me emotional. Because we were lucky enough to see Jeff Lynne twice. Two nights in Manchester, back to back, a Friday and a Saturday night. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, El Frog, El Frogo Tremendito, and uh, myself went to see him on the Friday, and we had seats near the stage, not in front of it, but in the in the bleachers, as you Americans might say. But with a great view on the Friday, and I happened to be really tired on the Friday. I'd had a tough week at the Richie Allen show, difficult week, and I sat down and watched it, and my much better half the the love of my life. She said, "Are you all right? Are you enjoying it?" And I was. I was loving it, but I knew I was coming back the following night, when I was going to dance. You see, because I was going to be in front of the stage. So the first night we sat there, and I never missed a thing, watching the band, and the wonderful women playing the cello and the violin, and it was marvelous. And the following evening we rocked up again, because we lived so close to the uh, to the venue, no problem. And this time we were right in front of the stage and it was magnificent. There's nothing like it, is there? And I just had a moment there listening to that, realising that it'll never happen again. And I'm, th- there is a risk of repetition here because I did mention this on several programmes. I don't want to bore you, but it does occur to me. It might be the end. It is the end of me going to, to be in a big crowd. I love big crowds. Something that, for some people, they don't like the big crowds. It has been said many times that music shouldn't be played in vast, cavernous arenas. But I don't know about that. Maybe it's true for stadiums, or stadia, depending on your preference. Maybe it's true for the stadium. I've watched many a massive rock show in a stadium. But I was always standing in front of the stage, you see. Because I would queue for hours upon hours upon hours. Of course, once you get into your 40s, you're not going to do that because it's inconvenient. And because you don't have the patience that you used to have in your 20s and in your 30s. Sadly, the system kind of beats it out of us. Our patience. I don't mean patience in queuing for seven hours, but the patience to be surrounded by other people queuing for seven hours. And eating shitty sandwiches and getting chucked on when it rains and all of that. You you just don't care. There's a great communal feeling. And I'm getting very nostalgic about that now. I remember many, many years ago, the future Mrs. Allen and myself leaving home at the crack of dawn to get to the city of Manchester Stadium. This is before we lived in Spain now, going way back, when we were very young. And uh, you too were playing. We were really excited about it and we had, excuse me, we had ground tickets, general admission. And I said to ourselves, right, look, two ways of doing this now. The only way to be standing within five feet or ten feet of the microphone stand where Bono the bollocks will be standing is if we go really early. If we don't, we can go anytime we want, but we're going to be halfway down the field. And you'll be looking at the big screens. So we went and we queued and we queued and we queued. (laughs) I don't think she was overtly impressed now. Not overtly, anyway. But once they came on stage, well, transformed her. What an experience. It's a wonderful thing. So I had a bit of nostalgia about it. Yeah, they say it's not meant for stadiums. Probably isn't if you're back in the stadium. Some people don't like it in arenas. 10,000, 12,000. Madison Square Garden in New York City holds 15,000 people. Manchester Arena is in the top five in terms of capacity in the world. It holds 22,000 people indoors. Easy. But yet I love it, you know. Love being there. And there is a good view, no matter where you are in Manchester Arena, just that feeling of being with 20-odd thousand people, talking with people you'll never see again. As long as you live, you know, before the band comes on. Afterwards, as you're leaving the venue, chatting away. Where did you come from? Ah we came from Hull as as it happens, mate. Where are you from? You came from Ireland, did you? No, we, we live in the city, but I am from Ireland. Great show, bit of a chap, bit of banter, off you go. Looks like it's gone. I've had a message I won't I won't read out his, his real name because it might get him into, into bother. It might not really. It depends. But let's say this is from Michael. It isn't, but it's a genuine email. He says, uh, A up, Richie. I've never contacted the programme before, but I do listen to it religiously. Don't listen to it religiously. (laughs) There's nothing religious about me. Don't deify me, be cheapers. I know what you mean, though. He said, I got to work today to find a notice on the board stating that we have until August the 16th to declare our vaccine status. Confidential, they say. It sounds like it could be made a condition of entry to our site. I'm an unvaccinated engineer. I work in the steel industry. I'll keep you informed, Richie. Funny, Michael, they say that it's confidential, but they still want you to tell them you're private. Medical history in order to be allowed to earn a crust. This is fucking tyranny, isn't it? I'm not going to I'm not going to channel Gerald, I'm not. I don't have any energy for it now. I really don't. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's programme, not because it's my last one for a couple of weeks. Not because of that at all. But I've got a special guest coming on tomorrow. Not gonna mention the name of her or him or they or them. Get your pronouns right there, boy. Get your pronouns right there, boy. But it's a nice special guest. I still haven't put a bit of WD-40 on my chair. I will do that during the holiday. I promise you. Patricia came back to say, thanks, Gerald, for bringing up the genocide of the Palestinians. People need to remember, there is a difference between Jewish people, the religion, Judaism, and Zionism, the political movement. Being against Zionism isn't against excuse me, isn't being anti-Semitic, says Patricia. And of course, she is 100% right. Absolutely. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitic. Anti-Zionism is not bigotry towards Jewish people. Of course it isn't. It does need to be pointed out sometimes. Thank you, Patricia, indeed. Hi to Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Richie, Public Health Scotland. By the way, my voice is going... Bloody occupational hazard. (coughs) Excuse me. It happens. It always happens as well coming to the end of a stretch. Because we're, we're coming to the end of the season. This season of the Richie Allen Show. There will be a new season from August 23rd and it might sound a little different. Just a little. Just to tease you there. But the voice does go towards the end of the season. Anyway, Kevin says, listen, Public Health Scotland. Latest weekly report. Inflating the figures for unvaccinated, alleges Kevin. Their definition of unvaccinated includes anyone who has had one dose of COVID-19 vaccine and has tested positive less than or equal to 21 days after their first dose. The scam continues. And Kevin has sent me a link to the Public Health Scotland website. This is rather extraordinary inflating the figures for the unjabbed by including people who have had one jab in the figures for the unjabbed. Jesus. Somebody who has had one jab but has tested positive less than or equal to 21 days after that first jab. Wow, Kevin. Thank you very much indeed. I will have a look at that in closer detail a bit later on. Pete Jeepers, huh? Be jeepers indeed. I'm really done with you for this afternoon. Again, for those who are looking forward to hearing Spiro, as I was myself, uh, the boy has got quite a bit going on at the moment. And he very regrettably, he regretted it, cried off this afternoon's programme. That's no problem at all. He's a top man, is Spiro. He'll be back with me on the programme very early on when I come back from, from my Holliers, do find him at YouTube.com. Look for Spiro Skouras. He also writes for activistpost.com. And be jeepers, I better stop talking before the voice just disappears entirely. Okay? Entirely. Alright. That's about it for me then. Going to love you and leave you. And speak to you tomorrow at 5.30 UK time with the final Richie Allen radio show of this season before I take my Holliers. We might need a prayer or two. Here's the boss. And the power of prayer. Closing out today's programme. Thank you, Gerald Salente. It's bye from me. Bye.